Welcome to the Game Deflators Podcast, episode 53. My name is John and Brother Black. I'm going to call you out, see if you get this reference from Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and today we transform into a log to escape from today's inflation deflation challenge. I don't think he's going to get your reference, by the way, and I don't know if anybody else would. All my ninjas understand. Well, now you just gave it away. All right. Well, we'll see, man. Uh, so, Game of Flavors podcast, episode 53. Dude, we are on the road to 60. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome. everybody. All right. So, as always, we start with our recent pickups. What'd Ryan, you get? Well, do what I said at first. What did you get? I got nothing. Come on, John. Everybody I, knows I don't buy games. <laughs> and everybody knows I talk about subscribing to Gamefly and then don't, even though I really want to. And unsubscribing from the, uh, what is it, Apple Games or Apple Arcade? See, I need to unsubscribe from the Apple Arcade so that I can get the game flying out. That's the goal. That makes sense. Uh, kind of. Uh, so I did have a pickup. I mentioned it last week, and I didn't technically pick it up until I went to my mailbox a week after it arrived. So Exist Archive on the PS4. If you haven't picked up this game, it's an RPG, uh, 40 hours of gameplay or so, and Amazon but has it. But is it good? I don't know. It's 10 bucks. Amazon has it for 10 bucks. See, New. that's what I ask him. I ask him, I say, John... Is it worth it? Like, we all know, well, if you don't know, John is a collector, and his biggest collection, he's trying, to, he's trying to get every RPG that I can on a Sony console. Not on a Sony console. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 69 That's on his... Metacritic, 5 out of 10 on Push Square, 7 out of 10 on RPG Site. So, RPG Site knows their stuff. So he's buying this $10 game, and I'm sure it's a 6 out of 10. It's a fine game. You know, people worked really hard on this. But John's not actually getting this game because he wants it, folks. He's just paid $10 to put this on his shelf with all the other RPGs that he hasn't played. And he's trying to tell me this is the one that he needs to play. No, 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 sir. I didn't say this is one I need to play. I said it's one of the many that I need to play. It is shelf dressing. Quiet, you. Well, at least I picked up a game. All right, well, what are you playing? I am still playing Little Town Hero. So I got to Chapter 8, and I screwed up. And unfortunately, I screwed up in the same way that everybody else on that game fact screwed up. So apparently in Chapter 8, this game has like, uh, okay, now we're getting to the stuff moment. Where it tells you, if you progress any further than this you won't have time for side quests anymore. Now, I've had a few open side quests and before I even read that, I was like I should start rapid I should start doing some of these side quests and get some extra points here. So I went around, I did one of them all the way through. I did one of them and it stuck. Because you need to transition to a new chapter to trigger the next phase. And the next chapter is the chapter where I can't do side quests anymore. And I didn't realize that that was a thing. These other people on that game fact didn't realize it was a thing. If you have any desire to play Little Town Hero, not even spoilers because I'm not telling you anything, but before chapter 8, like chapter 6, chapter 7, be almost done with all your side quests because you ain't going to be able to finish them. How many chapters overall? 14 i believe and you might actually finish a game yeah i'm trying to now the thing is this game is not perfect 
it's not even really great. It's okay. Uh, I've been sticking with the gimmick. I still enjoy the game. I think it is an interesting combat. I had a couple combats that actually gave me some trouble recently that I really had to think my way around the problem. But the thing is, like, even if you have a really rewarding turn that kind of swings back in your direction if you've been losing for a while, that's a great feeling. And this game does generate those feelings. But so much of the time, if I beat something or pass something that's giving me a hard time, more often than not, when I actually do pass it, I'll just breeze through it because I just get a really lucky RNG draw. Like, it feels like the RNG at times is so swingy with this game where it's like you can't help but lose or you can't help but win. And, you know, seeing that in an RPG like this is a little different of a setting than, like, playing Hearthstone or something. And, you know, investing an hour into a fight when every fight is kind of a boss, sort of, can be tough. And it's mostly just math and trying to predict and, you know, there's a lot going on with it. And I think that ultimately is really not worth it. I don't think this game is good enough to really be worth the 30 It was buying. 30 bucks, right? Yeah, I, I really would not recommend this to people unless... Unless you're, like, really a fan of, like, deck building, random numbers. Like, you're not really here for the animation. You're not here for the story. You're here for the combat system, which seems like a really good first try at something that could potentially be really interesting if you took it. I don't even know which direction, but if you took it in some direction a little bit further and added some more ways to customize it, maybe, or maybe get leave some on the room, uh, like in the sphere grid or like in uh, what's that one game that's like Dark Souls that's side scrolling we both played? Uh, Salt and Sanctuary. Salt and Sanctuary. You've got that big web of stuff that you can do and upgrades you can do, but you can't do everything. I think if it either had more options like that or just let you totally be like, well, I want this and this, and then you have just like a little pile of extra, like I think choosing skills or having an abundance of skills to choose from would be more interesting. And I think it could go further, but every time you say deck building with this, by the way, I always think back to Game Boy Advance and my chain of memories. Yeah. Every time you say it. I've never played that one. Oh, well, it's basically uh, a yeah, deck I know builder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a good concept. I'm going to still applaud Game Freak for doing it. So you're saying this game is deflated? Oh, for sure. Like, if you want this game, pray for, you know, getting a physical release at a cheap price years down the road because it's Nintendo. Sounds about right. Well, that kind of be the route I go because I'm not buying it digital. Yeah. So. I did. Yeah. And you regret it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No. I think it, it's a fun game and it's worth my time. But if it's worth other people's time, I'm not sure. And I'm only at chapter eight. Like I said, the story is just kind of heating up. It's kind of one of those moments where it's like chapter eight, uh, you know, the story. Like it literally says like the story is going to start moving along and there's not going to be time for side quests. So it sounds like 
while it's deflated for you right now, there's a potential that this could really open up to be an awesome game in the next six chapters. I I don't know. There was there was a big surprise at one point, and I think that some of the writing is clever in certain ways. I think that the scope of the game kind of limits it, and I think that the writing of the characters kind of limits it a bit. But there's enough here for me to like, at least. There's enough for me to have a good time. Gotcha. Well, in terms of what I've been playing, I have yet to jump back into Batman Arkham City. Uh, But I did play a little bit of Concrete Genie. I played about two or three hours. You played some more? Yeah, actually, uh, I decided to go ahead and give it some more time. It's only, what, a five-hour game? So, yeah, I mean, it was like, let's put some more hours into this. And... I'm actually really liking it. The art concepts are pretty sweet. Uh, when we were actually playing, I don't think there were bullies when we played. Like there were, but they didn't. They weren't. They actively, were cinematic bullies. Yeah, they weren't actively participating. In what you they do. They weren't so, in the game. Yeah, so now they are, and it's in that first area, and it's like, oh, there's those bullies again, and you have to like hop up on the rooftops and such, and call them out and say, hey, you know, I'm over here. You know, come over here, and you distract them so you could go light up the bulbs and such mm. in different areas and create your artwork and. Uh, right now, it's a matter of clearing different zones, collecting different types of uh, pages, so you have different designs that you can do. There's different types of genies. So we had a fire genie when you and I played, and there's a fire genie in the first zone. Now, when you get to the second zone, it's a lightning genie, and all of the artwork changes. So instead of trees and stuff, you've got uh, totem poles and electricity and... Um, rainstorms and everything else that you could put into these paintings and really just do like crazy different designs yeah Uh, so i'm actually really enjoying it so far and the overall concept is still pretty neat did you try it with like the move no not yet i i think the move controllers are actually i mean if you just have a few hours left in it you might as well finish it off with the move yeah, I could, or I could see replay what it's it. like. I think my wife will end up replaying it at some point. And on top of that, once I get the PlayStation 5 and VR uh, tied to that, if everything's backwards compatible, as we're assuming it likely will be, then yeah, I'll likely play Concrete Genie again with a VR setup. So go. I'm enjoying it so far, though. Even with the controller setup and what I have and not playing with a move controller, it's actually a pretty interesting game. So really enjoying that and... You know, I'm going to hopefully beat that pretty soon. But to kind of go back to what you're doing, you have yet to finish uh, Zone I didn't of even try too. this week. Like, I, I know I said that I would try. I didn't even try. So you've got approximately I know. 45 days to beat Zone of the Enders. Right? I it's know. About, four, no, about five podcast episodes, roughly. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Like I said, folks, here, I'm the, I don't know if I did say that. I'm the king of procrastination. Brother Black's going to give you some crap if you don't finish Zone of the Enders. Oh, I'm sure. You've had a full week, or not full week, full year, dude. No, I know. I finished two of them. You did. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not complete. See, I know, but I'm I'm sticking with this little town hero for right now because I'm having a good time, and I think that if I beat this, it'll help me be like, yeah, see, there's another one that I did this. I actually finished this one this year. No, I'm still going to give you hell about it. You're going to hear about it for all of 2020. What do you think the odds are that I can finish Little Town Hero and Zone of the Enders and Link to the Past before the end of the year? Um, Percentage-wise, 
what what percentage um i would say there's a 50 no how about two out of three no i've one of them having to be zone of the enders well you're almost done with zone of the enders so and you're at eight how far are you on link to the past right now i'm on the skull palace how many hours into it i don't know Jeez. um I'm going to say it's a 40% chance that you beat all three of them. Okay. That's pretty good odds. That's failing odds. But yeah, but I mean, all like in a casino, that would be pretty good odds. Like 40% chance? Now, two out of the three, I'll give you a 75% chance. That I'll finish two of them? Two of the three, yeah. Okay. I think there's pretty good odds. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy com- that. Comment below and whatever you're listening to whether it's podcast addict or Podbean, itunes whatever it may be give us five star reviews on there or on our social media channels yeah, send send us a tweet saying hey i don't think he'll do it yeah there you go hashtag it ryan yeah, fails go. hashtag ryan fails all right so i think hashtag that's... ryan doesn't finish stuff <laughs> you have to talk to your wife pretty soon see what else you don't finish oh god dishes you know Date all right nights. so anyways this week We've got uh, more clues surface of a Bioshock sequel in the works for next year. This is, uh, we got this from Alex Avard at Games Radar. Now, I hadn't heard about this earlier in the year, but I guess there was another article written earlier this year about... I could have sworn that we talked about this earlier in the year. Well, I don't remember it, but... You know, there was some stuff rumored about some Bioshock stuff being worked on. Dude, the rumor mill's always running with uh, remakes and, you know, additional parts of uh, game series all the time. Uh, I can tell you right now, though, I've only beat Bioshock 1, and I was not a big fan of Bioshock 2 playing the part of a Big Daddy. Oh, shut up. Come on now. Wait, Bioshock you 2 was great. You didn't, You liked Bioshock 2? Dude, I played all the Bioshock. Well... You played more than I have. Whoa, 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 hold on. You beat more Bioshock games than I have? I've beaten all three. Really? Yeah. Huh. Bioshock's awesome. It is awesome. I love Bioshock. Set number two. The, uh, I don't know. I, I think this is good news. You know, I think that any new games that they're excited to bring us, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to hear that there's going to be uh, a new IP coming out as well so that it's not just all sequels and honestly you know bioshock is one of those games that after infinite i really kind of sat back i didn't play any of the dlc but i sat back and i thought you know i could use more bioshock after reading this and kind of thinking about that for the first time in a long time like i think that another bioshock would be awesome and i hope that it can get past the things that I thought fell short of in Infinite. But I think that I could use a new Bioshock, and I would be welcome to see what they're going to do, especially with uh, the new System Shock coming out. I wonder if that comes out first, you know, if it'll have enough lead time on when this new Bioshock might be coming out, that they can kind of take influence and maybe try to walk Bioshock back in line and maybe we'll get a resurgence in where this kind of storytelling originally came from because I've never played System Shock but 
I've heard and read a lot about how, you know, those games kind of link up in that way. You know, what kind of bugs me, though, about the whole Bioshock thing is why didn't we get one on PlayStation 4? Like a new Bioshock. Because they haven't made one. No, I'm just saying, like, well, you, you put you, three of them on the previous well, generation. If you look at the way the storytelling is in Bioshock, it's not really something that's infinitely mineable. Like, I was not a huge fan of Infinite. I thought it was still really good, but there was just stuff about it that I didn't like as much as the others. And I think that it kind of put a nice, tidy end on it, and it had, like, a bunch of really revelatory stuff and it was really interesting the ending especially was great but it didn't beg to have another one made and i would be fine if they never made another one which is why i'm surprised that i'm actually excited to hear that there would be another one i mean i like i said i haven't played the other two and those are two games i really really do want to play actually number two and uh and infinite but it's just It just really surprises me that with the acclaim that those games had on the PlayStation 3, as popular as they were, that they did not release one on the PlayStation 4. And I get the idea of, well, you know, maybe you can continue story, but look at Fallout and all of those games. I mean, there's not necessarily a story continuation. It's kind of a rehash of the same crap each time. Like, could they not have done something similar and put on ps4 is it more of they had a concept and they felt to be better for the next generation and that's why i think honestly they were just giving it some space i think they're trying like i said it's not infinitely mineable like there's only ever going to be so much bioshock you can't call of duty it aren't they owned by ea though isn't it 2k yeah it is 2k aren't they owned by ea uh i don't know maybe i'm gonna look that up while you keep talking okay I will keep talking about this same thing. Keep talking, Ryan. I, I don't talking. know, man. I I don't think it necessarily matters. I think it's... This is such a small article, and there's not anything really super concrete in here. We don't have any idea as to what it's going to be like. You know, if there's going to be differences, we don't know. This is just an idea that's out there in the world. So we'll see if, you know, it ends up coming to fruition or not. Okay, here's where it makes sense. So Take-Two Interactive is one that actually owns both Rockstar and 2K. And seeing as how spread apart Rockstar's games are, it would kind of make sense. And everybody out there, feel free to, to judge the hell out of me on this. But because I don't know what I'm talking about, I guess you definitely don't. But I wouldn't even finish that sentence. It, well, here's the thing, man. If Rockstar takes that much time to make their games and really hone in on it, is it kind of the same culture with Take Two Interactive? Where no, it's like, no, Rockstar. Uh, I don't know. Rockstar is a totally they're, they're totally different type of game design and stuff. Those are whole different things. Don't even worry. Well, about never mind. They're a video game holding company, so it's, I'm just going Wikipedia on this thing, man. Wikipedia. Oh man. So, anyways, stop next rolling your eyes, up. Ryan. Dude, they make some great games, actually. Okay, next up on the docket. Today, Google Stadia reveals games, iOS app, release date, price, and everything else we know. This is a great CNET article, and it has a bunch of people listed here. This is brought to us by Lori Grunin, Mark Sorrells, Jackson Ryan, Ian Share, and Oscar Gonzalez. I think that's Ian Sure. He's going to be angry sure. if he hears this episode. So, you just call sorry him about Cher. that, Ian. Hey, we should all be hey, aspired to share. I, I want to let you know, I read all of these articles for once. Don't 
tell people that you're not even doing your one thing you're supposed to do, John. No, no, I do. it read them in advance is what I'm saying. Usually Ryan's playing a game and I'm sitting back showing, looking at the articles that I sent him midway through today, but I decided I'd read 10 minutes before the podcast and yeah. Let him know how the sauce is made, John. Let him know all Anyways, the sauce. Anyways. All right, go on. So Google Stadia, it's coming out. It's coming out hot and quick November 19th. Now, this is the thing. They've already got a launch lineup. They've got all kinds of information. If you want to know anything about Google Stadia, I recommend this article because it's got nice little bullet points that explain everything nice and easy and let you know what's up. So, launch lineup. Destiny 2, Kine, Guilt, Red Dead Redemption 2, Thumper, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Mortal Kombat 11, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Just Dance 2020, and Samurai Showdown. These could all be yours on Google Stadia. And you can use that Stadia if you pre-ordered and you're getting your Chromecast Ultra and your controller. You can use this if you have a Pixel device. Well, it and didn't say if you there, have a computer. Didn't it say the Pixel devices wouldn't support it right away? No. Pixel is at launch. Everything else is not right away. Okay, and I think they even said like iOS, like you Eventually. can only like manage the games yeah, or something. That, like that'll can't even be do anything. It's, its own app that lets you manage stuff. But this is the thing: Google is making this a Google product first, so you could use it on your computer, use it on your Pixel, use it on whatever. It's not games everywhere all the time for anyone on anything yet, and that's the biggest sticking point for me because I already don't game on my PC, although this might make it capable of doing so. You know, I haven't tested it. I haven't checked it out. You know, it's not out yet, which is why. So the thing is, I really don't see myself using this because I already don't want to game on a laptop. Otherwise, I would use a gaming laptop. Until I could just do it on my iPad... I don't think they're going to get anything from me. Like, I was excited about it. I hope it works. I hope it's awesome. I hope that six months from now, I can play just about any game I feel like on my iPad. I don't know if that's the reality we're going to be in, I, but that's the dream. I don't see this lasting very long, to be honest. At first, I was kind of hyped up about it, like, you know, a lot of people were. The more and more I look at it, it's like, do I really honestly want to kind of be stuck playing my games like in my setup that i have now the best option for me would be to play it on this tv that we have for the podcast yeah because i have a direct internet connection i'm not relying on wi-fi so it's a, a pretty good stream coming through yeah versus trying to play to my living room at 25 megs a second potential latency issues like well and that's not the dream the dream like i said is to just yeah ipad and a controller and you're good to go. Like until that's and the reality, this is not what I'm going to be throwing my money. And at. Nintendo has you covered. You know, you pop on a pro controller and you got your switch kind of laid out to play your games on a mobile device in a sense. Yeah. I don't see this sticking around very long. The concept of streaming games on your computer, the whole thing of internet service providers and capping your bandwidth and having to charge extra on that, like who's gonna want to sit there and not only like I know you can get the free for ten eighty P, but we're going to get to a point where 4K is going to look like 
what 720p looks like right now. I don't think that that really matters. No, I, I think it does, dude. Like, I don't think so. I'm comfortable playing. I mean, people you're were talking about potential games that should be streamed at 8K to get their full output, playing them on a yeah, 1080p. I mean, people were talking about how they like The Witcher on Switch. Even if it is a graphical step down, because you get to play The Witcher wherever you want. Like, the ability to go wherever I want is primary. Like, I would play Final Fantasy X and not like the, you know, HD version still. I mean, we play plenty of old games here, and it's like, I, I would totally play Parasite Eve as is. If they remade it, that'd be awesome. But I would play Parasite Eve as well, is. Well, see, that's a different take, though, because I'm looking at it from the standpoint of if I have the ability to play something in 8K on a PlayStation 5 or Xbox Scarlet, and you're saying, okay, well, I want to play it on my Stadia wherever I want, and it's going to be 1080p, like, that's just such a far step down for a current generation game. It's well, different but the, for but like... But the idea of Stadia is that you can play it anywhere you want at 720p, and then you can come home and play it at whatever. But that's not even it. Like, it's well, supposed... no, 10, 1080p is a free, no subscription. Yeah, but they're supposed to be offering, like, 4K support. At $10 a month. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you really care that much about your high fidelity... You pay the $10. If you want to bitch and not pay, you're stuck 1080p land. Yeah, I get and it. And I think 1080p is fine. Like, we're, I, I can live without 4K Red Dead everywhere I want to be. Hey, I have got to be able to see the dirt on the ground with the boot imprint with no blurriness. And the shrunken horse testicles. There, you were, what? Yeah. I was not paying attention to that, but that's good to know you like that. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't see a lasting, dude. I see five years max on this personally. Yeah. With all of the different options that are out there, Gamefly, hard consoles in terms of like PS5, Xbox, Nintendo, well, whatever we'll they come out with. Well, we'll see once they start getting some uh, first party, if they get that killer, gotta play it. I mean, there's guilt. That looks pretty cool, but... Other than that, I mean, here's the thing. You're, oh, the console's coming out with just 12 games. You know how many games are out there that they could very easily have put on there for opening launch? To be able to, like, 12 well, games? Well, and Red Dead's already had trouble with its <clears throat> PC launch. Yeah, so they, we'll I see if that confounds this even more. Yeah, I had read on, on that article as well that they were having issues with Red Dead already. So I just, if it keeps going this way and they don't get the support they needed or need, maybe it's uh, Google U. I mean, they they sold out their pre-orders worldwide on the funders. How many did they have? Does that article say? I, it doesn't say, but I mean, they sold it out worldwide, and they were $130, I believe. Well, I had, I think it was a console, three months for free for a friend, or not console, but controller, and then it was like a subscription, right? That you got with that as well for 130 yeah yeah there was a bunch of stuff the controller the like exclusive color controller was kind of like the main draw but i think that uh i think that's a pretty good start and we'll just have to see where it goes from here so i want you to consider in this respect too say they only had a million that they sold out of right a million pre-orders i don't know the number but say it was that over that period of time playstation 5 is capping out right now in what it's sixth year in the market 
at 100 million so far that it's going to have by January 110 million that they're projecting. Yeah, but this is this is people not buying a console. This is people buying a controller. But it's literally if you take say it was a million, it's 1% of just a PlayStation market, not including Xbox and all that sold yeah, out. Yeah, but if you count the fact that PlayStation sells the consoles at a loss, yeah, they then, might... so Stadia's already ahead. They've already sold a million and have only made money. They haven't lost money on any of that. We'll see. It is Google, so they kind of have they kind of own the internet as is. And All then, right. and then, what? What's our? Okay, I'm excited about this. Believe it I, or not, this is going to be awful. What? You, the next article? Yep. Go I, ahead, John. Tell them. Tell the people. Tell the people. Tell the people. So, the article headline is: Pokemon Sword and Shield are the best Pokemon games in years. Thank you, Andrew Webster at The Verge. And he this makes is, some very valid points, man. You know, he, I read that. I read the. It's I long, read, though. I read the review on IGN also, and they both had nothing but praise. But this is, this is how I'm going to lay it out. I'm not compelled. I have spent so many hours, not nearly as many hours as these people playing Pokemon, not nearly as many hours as super fans playing Pokemon, and I'm sure that they're going to love it, but guess what? They were going to love it anyways. For me, the person who's still at Mount Moon, I'm not <laughs> ready to leave Mount Moon. I'm a Cinnabar Island. I'm not far for behind. For this. I'm not leaving Mount Moon for this because as much as they try to make it sound fun and fresh and new and exciting, it's just not different enough for me to go back and try to do it again and know that I'm going to be let down. So here's what's fresh and exciting for all the non-Ryan people out there. You are getting a Pokemon experience in what feels truly like an open world environment, what we've wanted for years. It's not the top-down look or even the kind of 3D you know, imaging that you've had in some of the more recent Pokemon handheld games. Like This straight-up feels like the pinnacle of what they've been trying to accomplish all of these years. Like, this is 20 years in the making of getting this huge, expansive world. One of the things it calls out is, within this game itself, you know when a city is huge. Like, when you go in, you see tall buildings and everything else, you know you're in a city. When you're in a small town, like, you know you're in a small town. Versus the other Pokemon games before, this isn't you like, couldn't really tell. Yeah, but this isn't... It's not... It's not real. It's like... It's like fake bigness. Hey, don't you take away my Pokemon badges. Like if you if you want to do if you want to do Pokemon like you got to do it like make me believe in in the Pokemon world again. Like I know that there's all kinds of new stuff in this. I know you get that cool like 360 camera. Uh, Meowth has a beard. Hey, you want a Pokemon Snap? You got a 360 camera in the game. Only in the field. Okay. Only in that big field. That's and still your Pokemon Snap. Uh, see, there is so much about this game that sounds so enticing, but it's just like one of those things that it's like when you're on a diet and you get to have a cheat meal thing and you're just not really satisfied with it. Like it wasn't really worth all the effort. Well, I feel like that's what this would be for me, and that's why I'm going to shy away. I'm not saying... We'll bring it back down, because I'm not going to buy it at full price. No, yeah. Well, I think that it deserves all the 9 out of 10s in the world, and everybody who loves Pokemon should be super excited for it. I just... I can't get excited, and I feel like it's because I'm an old man now. Yeah, I could see that. Now, some of the things I did read that were that were pretty cool, it was 
you know, you still have your grind component to it as well. But they said that a lot of the Pokemon, well, I guess, what's his name? Andrew, Andrew Webster. Uh, what he said is that this feels easier than some of the other games. Like one of the biggest issues of Pokemon over recent years is that it's been so easy. And he said, this is even easier. Once you go to a town, you can warp back, no issue. Tip Like right away. When in the past it was, okay, I have to get fly before I can really do that. And to get fly, I have to well, progress Well, they don't even so have far. HMs anymore. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that they took out of this. Uh, one of the cool things that he does bring up, though, is when you go into a Pokemon arena, that it's officially like an arena. There's thousands of fans cheering. It's super loud. It's big. It's like a soccer field. It's like a field. soccer stadium. Yeah. You've got like this really cool vibe going for it versus kind of going into some stranger's building who happens to just like electric Pokemon and dresses up like an army sergeant and has a bunch of friends kind of hanging out with weaker Pokemon before you get there. Like it has a different feel to it. It has a different vibe going for it. And Pokemon fans are really going to like this game. Yeah, well, Pokemon fans are going to love every Pokemon game. That's why they're Pokemon fans. Yeah, they can be critical, too. I just, I don't feel like I'm as much of a fan anymore. And it makes me, makes me sad that I'm going to be missing out on uh, the second generation of Pokemon in a row that I will not be participating in. Yeah, you didn't do much with Go either, did you? No, not for very long. I, I stopped after a while. Yeah, there's just something about it. And I heard an argument, like you heard about all the controversy over them not having every single Pokemon ever in this one, finally. Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of can. It's a huge developmental feat. Well, this is the thing that I heard that I think would be a good, like, at least middle ground to land on. And I'm going to perpetuate this idea. I got this idea from Liam from... Uh, the dad and sons podcast at least keep the original 150 like if you're not going to have all of them cut out some of the middle ones but have all the original 150 there's there shouldn't be a a pokemon game that doesn't have squirtle and bulbasaur and mewtwo like you well, can't not have those in a pokemon game how else are you gonna have dlc they're they're not bringing it to this. They said they oh. have zero plans. And I read a, another thing today earlier. I can't remember who it was by or where I read it, but it was about uh, how they just recycled the models. Like a lot of these are the same models that they've used in other games. So it's not like it's it's not like they have all the excuses in the world. I think that they don't need excuses. I think a thousand Pokemon is far too many to have like. Like, name a thousand really interesting animals for me real quick. That's a hard thing to do. Like, you could name a couple hundred cool animals, and then you're going to start, like, naming off, like, well, I already said sloth, so three-toed sloth, five-toed sloth. Like, you're going to start doing some of that eventually. Pokemon's run into that. Well, I mean, you saw the Alolan region and all that. I mean, you had... Super tall executor. Super tall, like, yeah, which happens to be a dragon. Now somehow? we have super tall Meowth. Yeah, actually, does it say in there that Meowth has a beard? Like, he has this, like, gnarly beard going on? I don't know. They have this, like, really giant one, though. Yeah, I mean, they've obviously run out of some People ideas. People say the Gigantix battle things are fun. They say that, like, the Pokemon raid things are fun. People say that there's, like, more stuff going on in this one. The world feels better. It looks cooler. I watched a video. There was a comparison on the handheld versus the docked mode. The docked mode looks a lot sharper, but I don't think the handheld mode is really all that shabby i just i've grown up past pokemon and i think i think pokemon needs to make steps to catch up to me now because i'm not going to go back to it 
the well, way it Pokemon is Pokemon doesn't want you, Ryan. That's how it is. Well, and you know what I don't want, John? Oh, you want this game. I don't want today's inflation deflation challenge. Dude, it wasn't bad. All right, folks. So today... Hey, we're, you got to mention a ranking. Do you have that no, pulled yeah, up? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So All anyways, right. today we are doing Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z. This was uh, developed by Spark Unlimited, published Tecmo Koei, uh, directed by Masahiro Yasuma and Toby Guard, released back in March 2014. Now, folks, if you know your bad games, which apparently we don't know because John bought this last week and then suggested we play it randomly without us knowing this. I judged the book by the cover. No, Well, yeah, we should have judged harder. So this game did not do well. This game has like a 45 to 50 average score, and it's actually, I think it holds pristine, because I didn't check the list thoroughly. I don't think Miss Spider was on this list, so I'm going to have to go with Tech Radar and say that maybe Miss Spider is just a better game than this. There is no way Miss Spider is so, a better game than this. This game made games radars 100 worst games of all time back in december of 2015 at spot number 46 two years later in august of 2017 it defends its title in games radars top 50 worst games of all time this game is supposed to be brutal and hard and bad and the level design sucks and all that stuff but guess what folks when you only play a game for as long as we do guess what you don't really see that and this game did not seem that bad no it really didn't and you know what i can assure you ryan if games radar for 2019 releases their top 25 games this game won't make the list well it wouldn't have either Shh, people don't need to know that, Ryan. They just it's, need to know it wouldn't it's, make it's the worst 46. games list. <laughs> all right, so... If they did a top 46 games of all time, would this still be at the bottom? Probably. It, it, it hold its title <laughs> of number 46. Uh, so, this game, loose, $5.39, complete in box, $7.29, peaked at $10 in March of 2015. Yeah, this game, well, that wasn't the peak cuz see, now this is a thing we don't usually get into because this is a 2014 game. So we can see when the game launched, and when the game launched, the game was about like 40 bucks complete in box because it just came out. But you know, a year later, this game's already down to $10 and nobody's paid more than $10 ever. John, would you pay for this game? like two bucks two bucks uh how many games are there? 24 uh three bucks three bucks if you pay ten dollars for this you're paying too much and you have been for the last five years don't buy this game for ten dollars it's not worth ten dollars that's why i bought it for three we need to make a push this week like i said this game looked really good like not really good. It looked good. It looked interesting. It had its own art style thing going on. It has quick time events that are disguised in ways that make them seem not so quick timey. And I actually enjoyed those. Uh, the combat seems like Ninja Gaiden hard. If you like Ninja Gaiden, this is a hard game, I guess. I've played several Ninja Gaidens in the past. I've liked them all. And this wasn't bad. 
I mean, the combat was pretty fluid with what... It's very arcadey slash yeah. and bash and try not cell to die. shading to it. Yeah, interesting cell, cell shading that game. Actually... That's hard for me to say sometimes. Cell shading. Yeah. Uh, really interesting art concept. I actually really did enjoy it for a Ninja Gaiden game. And the yeah. whole zombie thing, I actually wasn't uh, expecting that. Yeah, zombie Russians is weird. Yeah, it definitely, from a story component, fell out of place. And there wasn't really... I could see where that would be more of a downfall versus a gameplay, in my opinion. The the story was just not there for me. I was it wasn't clicking. It was more of that. Well, tier we point were just kind feel. of going through the tutorial stuff, and you know, one of the but there's still a story tied to it. It wasn't clicking right away. Yeah, no, I wasn't engaged. But the actual combat itself, and a lot of the different moves you can do, and how it kind of guides you through initially through that tutorial, I felt it was pretty solid in that respect. And that first boss battle was challenging, but it wasn't difficult. Like it was difficult, but it wasn't. We the loading times were the worst. Okay, yeah, that was pretty bad. And really bad load times, like, and you die pretty quick. Like, you know, we were doing a tutorial boss, and you know, if you don't block when you're supposed to block, you're gonna die pretty quick, and you're gonna spend like a lot of time on that loading screen. And that's one thing I learned in other Ninja Gaiden games is just dashing a lot, slashing and dashing and slashing. And so that's ultimately how I ended up beating him was keep away from him when he's doing his moves find the, yeah find the openings beat it down and then you know escape and come back and repeat same deal but i, I like those games i think that for the three dollars you paid for this i got three dollars of entertainment out of it technically yes i think so i think that it was worth the three dollars you paid for this john i would say i honestly wouldn't go back and spend more time with it based on that $3, though. I probably won't go back to this game for a while. Uh, you know, if I get into one of those phases where I'm like, let's play some Ninja Gaiden games, let's get through a few of them, then yeah, I'll go ahead and play this. But I'm not at one of those stages right now where I want to play a Ninja Gaiden game all of a sudden. Well, and the 40 to 50 average rating, you know, like we don't really go off of that too much. But I mean... That's a pretty strong hand saying that this isn't really good or worth your time. And the price matches right along with that. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, this game is probably just right. I think this is just right. Like At $7.29? Yeah, under $10. Only somebody who's going to find it on like a deal is going to pick it up. Like, this should be the market price to scare people away. Because nobody should pay that much for it. But if you found it for $3 and you got a good deal on it, you might feel better about the deal than actually playing the game. I think this is worth a $5 bill. You know, like, if you found it for 5 bucks, pick it up. seven twenty nine from a price point, you know, standpoint, I think it's fine at seven twenty nine. But if you like if you ninjas, found it for, yeah, if you, if found you it like for five, ninjas and you've played every other ninja game, Here's a ninja game you could pick up for cheap for under ten bucks. Go ahead. I think it's it's right there. It's right there. It's affordable for the people who need to afford it, which is nobody. <laughs> well, if I bought, if I if I found this for five bucks, if you're out there listening, you found Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z for five dollars. Go ahead and pick it up. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to break the bank. You can play it if you don't like it after a few hours. It was five bucks of entertainment. Like, it's not bad. Now, you know what is going to be entertaining, Ryan? And uh, since we're agreeing that this game is 
technically um did you just think deflated. about the thing that i forgot about uh the blue man sonic the blue man Hold oh yeah my so, rings ryan so we're gonna we're gonna say this game is uh i'm saying it's it's right where it needs to be yeah right where it needs to be cool so uh forget yaiba we need to uh we gotta go fast we gotta move on and we gotta talk about sonic the hedgehog but before we talk about that let us know what you think about sonic the hedgehog on facebook twitter instagram the Game Deflators, except for Twitter. They can't handle the, so it's just Game Deflators. Let us know what you think about the blue blur. Sounds good. Uh, dude, I actually, I'm so happy they re revisited and changed things up the way it should They did a good job. It looks so he much better now. It doesn't scare me. <laughs> exactly. I was looking at the, the back profile shot yeah. that they had when he's stretching, and you have like all of the uh, the hair going down yeah. like a dragon and then now it's just like the standard like four yeah. spikes of hair going back you're like all right this is better he looks way better now the one thing that i will say this new trailer has a lot more in it and i feel like they've shown me all the good parts of the movie to make me forget the bad trailer that came out before and i think that that just is not this movie's fault, but that happens all the time, and I really think that it's not going to be a great movie. You know, it's going to be better than it would have been before. One of the things that I heard recently is that people are saying that the whole like bad Sonic thing was just a publicity stunt, and they literally made the whole movie like with the current Sonic, but they released oh. the crappy one just to oh, try really? and get the publicity. I don't think that's true. I don't think so, but that no. would be too smart. That that would be very smart on their part. Uh, I didn't get the good publicity coming in of, hey, look, we did it right. Now everybody's excited. Um, I don't know. That would have been a stupid move. But, you know, they always say, like, hey, bad news is still technically yeah. publicity. So that's not what people say. Yeah. No, well, in marketing, yeah. Like, people say bad news no is such, still publicity. There's no such thing as, as bad, bad, publicity. bad publicity, right? Yeah. So the way you said it, nobody says. Yeah, nobody says that way. Yeah. All right, John, I I've been staring at a game over here. Well, home, we're not going to keep talking Sonic? What, what do you want to talk about? The trailer looked be better than the other trailer. All right, fine. He looks better now. I'm gonna we find won. We did it. And I'm tired. Don't... I saw somebody be like, maybe we should all go see this movie because the company listened to us. No, you know what? Screw the companies. They should listen to us anyways. Don't feel obligated to go see this movie just because they changed it. Because it's probably still not going to be that good. They should have done it right the first time. Yeah. Exactly. All right. What's what do you what do you got your eye on? Okay. I don't even know why, and it, you're probably gonna laugh and say that it's not good. Is your uh, Genesis good to go? Yeah. What do you play by play? Ryan walks to the shelf. He is in the S section. It... Huh. I've actually never played that. I've been staring at this one for a long time, so I pulled off. The first 12 megabit game. Hey, um, we're not going to say the title of this game. It says on the front, it's the first 12 megabit game. Hit us up on social media or somewhere and tell us if you know what the first 12 megabit game is and see if you're right next week on the Game Deflators. We, uh, we definitely should read the booklet for this one to understand what the hell we are going to get ourselves into. Dude, this is crazy. All right, that's crazy. All right, John, tell them who we are. We are the game deflator. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, hold on, hold on, Ryan. You're Ryan, I'm John, and we are the, the game, game deflators. deflators.